Happy 2016 to you. So good to see you. So great to be here with you. I hope that you had a great holiday season and a Merry Christmas and that you survived the holidays. How many of you know sometimes after the holiday break you need a vacation? You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes that's just the case. But here you are on the first Sunday of 2016. You made it to church, so way to go. As a matter of fact, Congratulations on uh, perfect attendance so far for church this year. You guys are stroking. That person next to you, they haven't missed all year long. Tell them great job. Go ahead, tell them. They might need an encouragement. Tell them you are a bat in a thousand, my friend. Way to go. Well, it was a fun Christmas for us and watching our kiddos open all of their gifts. And sometimes that can be crazy, you know, papers flying and look, daddy, or look at this mommy. And they're all so excited about everything. And as I was watching them uh, unwrap their presents, this thought occurred to me of just the evolution, the progression uh, in the toy world. I don't know if you've been paying attention to this, but it's like crazy how just year after year, and if you look back over the decades, I mean, back in the day, for those of you who even know what I'm talking about when I say back in the day, because if I say that, some of you are like, uh-huh, you don't even know what I'm about to say. But yeah, in the day. I would just get like a Tonka truck, you know, for, for Christmas or whatever, and it's it cool because it go forwards, you can go backwards, pop a wheel, and that was about it. I mean, that's about all that you could do, but you were glad to have it and thankful for it, and, and anymore, it's got bells and whistles and technology, and it's connected internationally, you know, and, and can wash your car. You know, it is just 3D. It's weird, but uh, I want to take a little journey back just to show you as we're talking about this season. Today we conclude this series called New Season. I want to talk to you on this subject. I'm titling here in this series, New and Improved. And I want us to look for just a moment here at this thought of, of these toys that have evolved over time. It's always bigger and better, right? It's got to be faster. It's got to be brighter resolution. It's got to be more memory. It's got whatever it is. It's got to be new and improved. But go back with me, if you would, back to, not that you were living during that time, but the 1920s. Remember the toy of the 1920s, the yo-yo. How many guys remember when you got your first yo-yo? You remember that? It's just like, oh. Oh, look at, oh, oh, yeah, for hours. You know, it's just good. And now they have like robots in their house and they'll come to you 20 minutes later. I'm bored. You're like, oh, get a yo-yo. <laughs> yes, what you needed. You needed a yo-yo. So back in the day, in the 20s, it was the yo-yo. And then, uh, you know, still kind of staying, keeping it simple. In the 30s, it was, here's one of those popular toys of the 1930s, the beach ball. I just can't imagine like what my 13-year-old would, I, would do. If I was like, Merry Christmas, a beach ball. <laughs> Dad, where, you know, where's my iPhone? I mean, that's what they'd be saying. It's just different. In the 40s, you remember the hot toy of the 40s? Here's what it was, the slinky. You remember enjoying just hours of entertainment, watching the slinky? Go down this step. Some of you right now, you just get warm, fuzzy feelings right now. Just remembering Christmas has gone by. In the 50s, you know what the hot toy was in the 50s that came out? Silly putty. Are you guys getting what I'm saying right now? Can you just imagine going, come here, little Johnny. Silly putty. You know, can you just imagine what our kids would even think? And also during the 50s, there was, a, there was another uh, toy that just broke into the scene and it just like took over. It was Mr. Potato Head. Anybody remember that one? 
Mr. Potato Head, I, I, for years, because I, I don't know if I just got a hand-me-down, you know, somebody just kind of shared the gift, and that's how our family got it or what, but I, I never knew Mr. Potato Head had all those pieces, you know, I just thought, this guy's got like one eye, one, eye, one ear, you know, and you just tried to make do, and, but even if you had a Mr. Potato Head that was incomplete in terms of all the accessories and all the different pieces... Uh, you probably don't realize how blessed you still were if you just had a plastic potato for Mr. Potato Head. Because what some of you may not realize on the history of the toy Mr. Potato Head is that originally you didn't get the plastic little potato. You just got the accessories and you had to provide your own potato. Some of you think that's so crazy to where you don't even believe me. You're just saying, but I'm telling you, in the advertisement, they would say, that's right, folks, just take a fruit or vegetable, whatever you have in the refrigerator, and put, you think there's just no way that that's the case, and so I, I dug it up, and I've got the original Mr. Potato Head commercial, just to show you so that you won't doubt me anymore. So let's watch this commercial, the original Mr. Potato Head. Hey, it's Hasbro. Hasbro makes toys. What's new, Hasbro? Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head with their own cars and trailers. That's what's new. See, Mr. Potato Head has a car and I both trailer. And there's a car and shopping trailer for his wife, Mrs. Potato Head. It's such fun to do and so easy. Like this. Take any fruit or vegetable. Just stick in eyes, then ears, and then the mouth. You can make the funniest looking people in the whole world. Potato Head people look different every time you make them. Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head with cars and trailers come in one and two dollar sizes. Isn't that awesome right there? So you thought that I was making that up. I mean, can you imagine? You know, little kids like wanting to play Mr. Potato Head. And his mom's like, well, I think I got a plum in there in the refrigerator. I think it's all we have, right? Can you imagine? But anyway, you, you move on through the time, and it goes from that. I think we left off in like, what, what was that, like the 50s? So in the 60s, you know what the hot toy was in the 60s? Etch-a-Sketch. Anybody remember getting your first Etch-a-Sketch? Trying to draw your name, you know, whatever it was. You felt cool when you did something that people could actually recognize and know what it was. What about this one in the 70s? Anybody recognize this one right here? Yeah, more people starting to nod and ooh and ah. You thought the only way you could solve the Rubik's Cube was to take all the stickers off and put them back on where they all match. I know your tricks. But then it started getting complicated. See, we started, the, the bigger and better has taken over society. And I want you to know, it started with this whole like video game stuff that was happening in 1977. Do you remember when this guy came out? The Atari 2600. Oh, dear friends, that's some nostalgic just joy right there, remembering that. But we, uh, even though you probably, if you played it, you probably sat there. I know that I did. I, I don't know, maybe five, six days straight with no sleep or something, just playing that game. But then when something new would come out, you're like, wow, what about the Nintendo in 1983? Remember when that one came out? That crazy addictive music that got stuck in your head. Do you remember that? And then in 1996, the Nintendo 64, so more games and, and better graphics and whatnot. And then in 2000, it was the PlayStation 2 came out. And again, it was new and improved. It was bigger and better than the Xbox 2001. Now, some of you, the younger crowd in here, you're just going, what was all that stuff you guys were talking about? You're just now dialing in, so welcome to the service. But anyway... <laughs> 
2006, the Nintendo Wii, and you're like, hasn't that been around as long as like the caveman? Nope, just came out in 06. And then, then 2015, the most recent one, the PlayStation 4. So I was looking up just some of the features because I, I'm, I'm way behind in term, terms of per Thankfully, uh, because I have five girls and one little boy, the girls aren't into video because I haven't had to jump on this wagon yet. So we're okay still, you know, baby dolls and things like that. But I... I I did a little uh, research. It's like, what do these games do now? And it's crazy. Because we thought it was cool back in the day. We are like, not only can I play, but this thing is so sophisticated. You can come and sit down right here beside me and play it with me at the same time. Like, no way. Yeah, way. And do it. Now, you walk in a room. Kids have on headsets. They're not even holding controllers, you know, they're just doing stuff like this, and they're talking to somebody in Taiwan that they're playing against. Have you noticed? It's like they're so connected, and it's 3D stuff, and stuff flying around. I mean, these things have so much memory. I mean, they can store more information than like large computers that used to fill rooms back when I was a kid. I mean, it's crazy what all these things can do. And so 3D graphics, you know, faster speeds and like all this memory, terabyte storage and these things will wash your car, feed your kids, educate them, you know, or uneducate them. It's crazy. It's new and it's improved. It doesn't just stay in the world of the toys. I mean, you walk through any like Walmart or grocery store or something like that. Our marketplace is like obsessed with new and improved. Like everything's new. I'm just wondering when somebody's going to put out something that says old and hadn't changed a bit. I'm waiting to see something like that and how the people would even respond. But new and improved, detergent, new and improved, better than yesterday. This is new and improved. Uh, new, new and improved toilet paper. I'm like, seriously, you guys like study this. You like, you hire engineers for toilet paper. New and improved. It's new and improved. It's new and improved. You know, there are things that naturally just happen in the course of life with like seasons and, and the ending of a year and the start of a new year. That everything around us is screaming, this is going to be a new year with new stuff, with bigger and better things, a newer model car, you know, or a newer model phone or, or whatever it would be. And today, as we just launch into 2016 as a church here at, at People's Church, I would wonder, like, what would it be like if we entered this new year with this mindset of, by the grace of God, with this help, this is going to be not only a new year, a new season, but one that is new and improved. Did you know that God is a God of seasons? I love the seasons. I love the changes with different seasons. There's school season, your vacation season, or your holiday season, or your summer, spring, winter, fall, whatever it would be. I, I like the new seasons. I like fresh scenery. I like fresh starts and things like that. Did you know that that's just uh, one of the ways that God created the universe is that there would be different seasons? And yet, you also have to understand about our God that in every season, somebody say every season. Every Come on, shout it and say every season. Every. In every season, despite the different season or a new season, God is a God who always wants you in every season to be moving forward. 
Our God is a forward-moving God, not that He changes, but He brings along all of creation with, with Him towards His eternal and perfected plan as one who is a child of God, making the assumption that you are a follower of Jesus. I want you to know that no matter what season you're in, whatever you step into next, you should know with confidence that it is the heart of our Father that you would have a new and improved season. He's not a God who says, you know what, now this year I'm going to set you back, or this year my plan for you is to go down. This year my, chances, my, my, my plan is for you to have less. My, chan- my, my, my plan and my desire for you is to take away. That's not the heart of God or the character of God or the plan of God. Even in new years or new seasons, he has a new and improved world for you and I to experience. To help us get our minds around that and to bring a little more clarity to what it is that I'm proposing, I want you to look with me in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 43. While you turn there as they pull it up on the screen, let me give you just a little bit of context for what's happening here in Isaiah chapter 43. God speaking through his prophet Isaiah to his people, to the children of God. He's reminding them about their history And where they have come from, reminding them that they have been delivered by his power out of the bondage and slavery of Egypt. If you read the context of the verses that we'll be looking at together today, you'll see that it's a reminder to his people that don't forget how bad it was. Don't forget how lost you were. Don't forget how hopeless you felt. I I want you to remember the severe conditions. I want you to be reminded of how dark, how, how hurtful, how harmful that experience was, but I want you to know that that was then and this is now. And I want you to hear in this moment as you remember where you've been, I want you to know that I'm doing something here in this moment that it's a new day, it's a new season. So it begins in verse 18, or we will begin in verse 18 and pick it up where it says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Somebody say new thing. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He's saying it's one thing to know that you've been there, but I want you to know that you don't have to stay there. Not only physically have you been delivered, but I want you emotionally and mentally to realize that where you are today is not where you were yesterday and where you are right now. I want you to be postured towards the future. Why? Because I am doing a new thing In your midst, point point number one, if you're taking notes, just write this down. Living in the past will cause you to miss the moment and forfeit the future. Just write that down. Living in the past will cause you to miss the moment and to forfeit the future that God has for you. Let's face it, for some of you, what you need to let go of would be the defeat of 2015. For some in this room, 2015 was just a very, very difficult year for you. 
For some of you, you had to say goodbye to loved ones who passed away. And so as we enter 2016, there's still this, this emptiness in your heart or there's this grieving that's still going on because of who you lost. For some of you, as you look back at 2015, you think of the relationship that just went south, the relationship that uh, was just torn apart. And maybe as you're entering 2016, you're doing so still with some anger, maybe some hurt from betrayal. Maybe there's some unforgiveness there. For some of you, you look at 2015, what stands out to you about that year is the year that your family came apart, became uh, unraveled, and it really fell to pieces. Maybe it was the year that the divorce was finalized or the separation started. As you look at 2015, you're reminded of how difficult that was. For some of you, 2015 perhaps was the year that financial strain really took a toll on you. Perhaps some of you filed bankruptcy in 2015 or you just found yourself constantly under the stress and the pressure of finances to the point that it affected your health and you physically. I want you to know that regardless of what your situation was in 2015, I want you to know that the devil wants you to think that that defeat or that hurt or that heartache of 2015 has to stay with you like a ball and chain as you enter into 2016. But today I've come to tell you on this first Sunday in 2016 that the devil is a liar. And that our God is alive and our God is at work and God is ready to do a new thing in your heart and your life. I want you to know that you don't in any way have to minimize or pretend like it never happened. Hey, I know that the devil probably took some swings at you in 2015. I know that if we took time to have a little testimony, share time here, that we could probably go around and have story after story after story of people uh, talking about how the enemy attacked your home or attacked your body or attacked your life, your family in whatever way. And, and there would be a lot of different stories or examples of that. Maybe he took some hard swings. Maybe even he connected on some. But how many of you guys know that even though you may have been knocked down, you didn't stay down? He may have knocked you down, but he didn't knock you out. Can you thank God that that today you are still standing, you're still here by the grace of God. As you do that, there's a faith that starts to come that says, even though all of hell may have been against me, I look at 2015 and there were some difficult moments, but the word that God has for us today as individuals and as a church is, look, check this out, I am doing a new thing, so don't get stuck by the defeats of the past. As a matter of fact, you can know this, God can take those things that harmed you, God can take those things that were meant to hurt you, and God can make something beautiful of it and use it for the praise of his glory. And in 2016, those tests become your testimonies. Don't you believe that, that God can do that if you will let go of past defeats? But it's not only the defeats, because I get it, that maybe you didn't have a year full of addictions. Maybe you didn't have a year full of habits or hurts that were weighing you down. I think most people had at least a measure of those things. But there could quite possibly be some in here today. And you're like, man, Scott, I'm sorry to hear that for you and the rest in the room. But actually, 2015 was pretty great for me. You know, and uh, I actually started a family, actually got married, or I actually got a job instead of uh, losing a job. I actually got a promotion at my job, or instead of having a difficult time with the finances, I actually got a raise in 2015. And so I, I realized that there could be some who, that's your story in 2015. Do you realize that it is equally as dangerous to live in past victories as it is to live in past defeats? 
Did you know that if the devil can't get you to feel like your failure was final, he'll try and get you so caught up in your success of yesterday that you miss out on the new thing that God is doing right here and right now? See, the devil is crafty. He looks, he watches, he waits, he pays attention to, and he'll try and find that crack in the armor because we serve a God who is on the move. We serve a God who is at work. He doesn't give us stale bread from yesterday and say, that's all that you're getting. But no, every day his mercies are new every single morning. And so his word for us is this, don't get stuck in the past. Let me read verses 18 and 19 again to you, this time from the voice translation. The eternal one speaking says, don't revel only in the past or spend your time counting the victories of days gone by, but watch closely. I am preparing something new. Come on, say something new. It's happening now, even as I speak, and you're about to see it, I'm preparing a way through the desert. Waters will flow. Listen, waters will flow where there had been none. He's saying, even if you had some breakthrough moments in 2015, you need to know as we enter this next year, I have waters that are about to flow. I have fruit that's about to be birthed. I have blessing that's about to be poured out. They are new to you. They are new and improved because that's the kind of God that we serve. It's stuff that you've never experienced. It's lessons you've never learned. It's mountains you've never climbed, but he has it for you. If you'll just dare to believe that God is doing a new thing. Somebody say, new thing. thing. He could get you caught up. The enemy could get you so caught up in yesterday's victories. You think, where can I even go from here? That's the amazing thing about God. Even if your testimony was in 2015, I gave my life to Jesus. Top that one, Scotty. I surrendered my life to Christ in 2015. How can it get any better than that? You know what's so amazing about God is here's what he teaches us through his word. He teaches us that salvation is the starting line, not the finish line. He says, you're just getting started. I will fill you with hope. I will give you eternal life. I will trade your sin for a garment of righteousness. But you just need to know, I will take you from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. It's not just what's been, but it's all that I have for you. Do you understand as a follower of Christ that even on our hardest days here on earth, that this is as bad as it gets? But for someone who doesn't know Jesus, they better eat, drink, and be merry, Scripture says, because this is as good as it gets. For a follower of Jesus, when you have the hope of eternity in your heart, I I know 2016 will have challenges, but you know what I know? Even when I'm winning, even when things are going great, I know in my heart that as a follower of Jesus, the best is yet to come. I'm headed for a city. I'm looking forward to a place. I'm on my journey to heaven where there's no more sickness, no more pain, no more heartache, no more disease, but I will be in his presence and enjoy him for all of eternity. That's what it means to serve the limitless God, I know for some of you, it's hard to even imagine, like, well, if something's good, I mean, are you talking like good to great? Is this a little theme? Is this a little motto here? Let me give you this analogy from the sports world. Even if you're not a a diehard sports fan, if you're just marginally paying attention to sports right now, you've probably heard the name of Steph Curry. Anybody ever heard of Stephen Curry? You know that, I mean, I know that we're in Thunder Country, and I know that we're all Thunder fans, all right? And I get that, but you got to respect Stephen Curry and the way that guy plays basketball. He is the reigning MVP. MVP for the NBA. 
Last year, as a matter of fact, not only did he get more votes than LeBron, than Kobe, or whoever you could mention, whoever it would be, he was elected as MVP because he was breaking all these scoring records, and he was just dominating. He put on a show of shows. It was an incredible year. You know what's most fascinating to me about Steph Curry? is not merely the fact that he's the current reigning MVP, but he's also being talked about right now by sports analysts as being this season a nominee, a strong candidate for the most improved player this year over last year. I don't know how it worked when you were growing up, but, you know, when they were passing out awards, you got the most valuable player, you know, you got the leading scorer, you got the whatever. And then most improved player was reserved for people like me. <laughs> it was like, hey, I know last year you, you didn't, you didn't make very many shots. Well, you, you didn't make any shots, actually, last year. But, but this year you made two. Let's give it up for most improved. Scotty Gilbert. You know, I know what that feels like for the most improved. That makes sense to me. But when you say one year the guy is the MVP and the next year you go, you know what? Who's improved more than anybody? I think probably the best guy. That's crazy. How does a guy play at that level? He's averaging more points at this point in the season compared to last season. He is ahead so much more so than any former NBA MVP in all of history. You talk LeBron, you talk Michael Jordan, you talk Larry Bird, Pistol Pete, Wilt Chamberlain. I don't know how far you have to go back, but I'm saying A-double-L all. Like, how is that guy doing that? You know why? Because he didn't back and say, I had a pretty good year last year. Did you guys read my stats from last year? Hey, let me tell you the story about how many three-pointers I made last year. And is this provoking you as a follower of Jesus just a little bit today? Just to stop long enough to think about if that can happen in the sports world where you can have a great year and still think there's something greater still. What about somebody who's following a God who spoke the world into existence? What about the one who tells the sun every day, go ahead, rise? What about the one who tells the ocean, that's far enough, stop right there and go back? How many of you think that God maybe, just maybe, in 2016, despite your defeats, Despite your victories, he just might have the ability to say, if you will trust me, if you will look to me, I've got something planned out in 2016 that is new and improved if you'll just trust and obey. I think that he does. I'm convinced that he does. But then that begs the question, how can we experience what God has for us? Because just because he has it for us doesn't mean that we're going to experience it. Just because it's his plan. It's his plan that nobody would die without a relationship with Jesus. People do every day. You know why? Because they've rejected the free gift of grace. They've rejected relationship with him. I want you to know, just because God has an amazing 2016 plan for you, just because he says, I have a new season and your life is going to be new and improved, doesn't mean that your year will be. You say, well, how can I make sure? What can I do? What are the the secrets or what are the keys well here in this verse I want to read it one more time I want to come back picking up at verse 18 forget the former things do not dwell on the past see I'm doing a new thing now it springs up do you not perceive it I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He said, I'm doing something. 
I'm on the move. Do you see it? Do you understand it? Final point I'm giving you, and I'll wrap this up, but write this down. Number two, see what God is doing and jump into it. Discover what the sovereign man is up to and give your heart to it. You want God's blessing on every area of your life as we start a new season? Pay attention, discern, and discover what God is up to and then go all in. It's time for us to quit starting our years and starting jobs and starting families and then asking God to come and join it and bless it, to help it. God, here's my plan, here's my strategy, and I'd really appreciate it if you could give me a little boost every now and then. But what would happen for the life of a follower of Jesus who steps into a year and says, God, help me to see and perceive what you're up to. Whatever it is, I'm all in. This church, because the church is committed to and cares about you, there's a very intentional strategy to the services, to the ministries that are meant to support you and help you to discover the new and improved, the, the bigger and better, if you will, the closer to the Jesus, the more joy-filled life that God has for you, things that are very intentional. So let me just sum up a few that would say, here are some secrets to you experiencing all that God has for you in 2016. Number one, jump in on this prayer and fasting effort. You've already heard it mentioned and referenced and one week from today, Pastor Herbert will officially launch the 14 days of fasting and prayer. I don't know if prayer has been a real priority for you in the past. Maybe it was at one point, maybe you kind of got a little shaky, the prayer times got a little sporadic, maybe you got off track a little bit. There's no better time than right here and right now to determine that this year, you'll look to God first and foremost. Maybe you've never even fasted before. You, I still don't even understand what that's all about. You'll get more explanation and direction, but the bottom line of you saying, Lord, I'm more hungry and desirous of you than anything else. I'm going to take this meal time, and instead of eating, I'm going to pray and seek your face. Brace yourself for the omnipotent one showing up and showing out in your life when you begin to seek Him wholeheartedly. What about community groups? Maybe you've never been a part of the community groups here at People's Church before. Maybe you're even like me and, and that whole small group thing just seems unnatural to your personality. Uh, maybe you'd even want to make the excuse of, oh, I'm doing fine with Jesus, I don't need that. What if somebody in that group needs you? And what if the new thing God is up to is that he's about to give you a ministry within a group of people to where you don't have to be a pastor, you don't have to be a preacher, you don't have to stand on a stage, you don't have to do anything like that, but God's about to anoint you and empower you to be a game changer in somebody's life. And the new and improved is you saying, God, I'm willing to step up my game to jump in on what you have for me. Maybe you're like, well, I'm already attending a community group. Maybe the new and improved is that God's about to tap you on the shoulder and say, I want you to launch one. I want you to lead one. <laughs> you may feel like me or like we felt like Moses. who's like, Lord, you've got the wrong guy. You've got the wrong woman. I can't lead a community group. 
If God calls your number, get in the game. Because he has a way of using you beyond your own ability. Jump into the supernatural simply by saying yes and obeying him. See what happens. What about just in the area of serving? Awesome if you had a great 2015 and you say, man, at our business, I had this idea, or we closed this deal, or I had this innovation. And Awesome. I'm so glad that your gifts are flourishing. What would happen if in 2016 you recognized that God gifted you, not so that you could be famous, but so that you could make his name known throughout the world? So what if you started using your business mind or your creative eye or your artistic ability or your music ability? What if you started using that to build his house, not yours? New and improved. One week from today, Pastor Herbert launches the Defining Moments series. He's going to be talking about the defining moment this coming Sunday of his life that changed his life. What if you said in 2016, I'm going to begin by saying, not only am I looking forward to heaven, but I'm going to be intentional about bringing somebody with me. So for the next seven days, you begin to pray for and watch for a friend, a family member, someone that you just met in the grocery store that you would invite to People's Church next Sunday. And as a result, they surrender their heart to Christ. They go to heaven instead of hell. Why? Because you refuse to say yesterday. Let's talk about back when, or I remember it. Instead, you said today, Lord, I know that you are on the move. You are doing your thing, and I want to be a part of it. And so 2016 was marked by you bringing people to Jesus. I'm going to pray over you in just a second. I'm going to pray also for any friends in here who've yet to surrender your life to Christ. You know the coolest thing that can happen as you start 2016 is that you'd recognize that you can't fix your broken life by yourself. That you're not good enough to earn your way to heaven. And that you're desperately in need of a Savior. His name is Jesus. I want you to know that God loves you so much that he brought you to this place today. You're not here by accident. I don't care about the circumstances that you think brought you here. Friend, spouse, no, no, no. God brought you here. Because he wants this new thing started in your life. And I want you to know he's not calling you to turn over a new leaf. He's wanting to give you a brand new life. He's not wanting you to try harder to be nicer. He's wanting to so tra- radically change you from the inside out to where the only way you could describe it is like you were born all over again and you had a fresh start. He wants to give that to you. And today, if you want your sins forgiven, if you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, if you want to go to heaven instead of hell, you are one heartfelt prayer away from experiencing that change.